everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's April 22nd. It's 2021, and we have five baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good, entertaining buddy, Jordan Cooper. Blenderhead, what's happening, my friend? Not much. I finally had a decent day in MLB yesterday. Early slate. If it wasn't for the max price Brian Buxton hitting a home run, he's he's priced more than Trout. But of course, in the tenth inning or whatever, he hits a home run. I come in second, so I still made me thirty five hundred for four thousand bucks. Played the mid stakes contest, so that was pretty. That, that that's been pretty good for me. Uh, but uh, that that'll make up for all my GPP losses for the, the for the past two weeks in MLB. Yeah, anybody that uh, listened to the podcast yesterday knows that I probably had a terrible day. Uh, very high on Peterson, very high on Waka. They both stink. Um, stack the crap out of the Reds. They stink. Um, and yesterday was the first and last time that I think I'll um, play Joey Votto um, because he still stinks. <laughs> um, all joking aside, um, this slate's interesting. Like... You know, you look up up and down the slate, it's a five-game slate. And I think if you have the mindset on this slate just to get off of Bueller, you don't have to worry about what the rest of your lineup looks like. Am I crazy? No, I, th- I, th- I think so. I think there's pitching is – like, I don't want to pay 10K for Bueller against San Diego, but San Diego has a 3.2 implied run total. He's going to be popular because, like, the rest of the pitching is not all that great. But it's going to lead you, especially if you're stacking, it's going to lead you to very similar types of lineups. So like like the double cheap pitcher on this slate coming up and spending up in a place that other people aren't, that may be the, that may be the contrarian angle. Yeah, I look at this slate and I'm like, I'm probably just going to play a single entry team, five-game slate, build one team, not play Bueller and – and just get different that way because I think even in single entry contests, he's going to push 60, 70% owned on a five game slate. So, um, yeah, we'll get into it. That's the last game we talk about, but it's the first thing I wanted to bring up just because it kind of sets up the slate. Um, but, but before we get into breaking down all these five games, if you guys haven't checked out superdraft.com, awesome sponsors of the podcast, really love what they're doing over there. It's a way to get different, and now we have it in Lineup HQ. You guys can check it out with that if you're a premium member. Um, So you're not using a salary cap. You have the multipliers. You can build whatever you want, as Blender likes to say. Uh, Promo code GRINDERS, if you haven't signed up over there, get your $50 instant deposit alongside the 50% deposit match bonus up to $500. Make sure you check them out, superdraft.com, promo code GRINDERS. We start with uh, Seattle at Boston. We got Justin Dunn against Nick Pavetta. It's a nine and a half total. Boston's a 170 favorite here. Uh, do you have any interest here in Nick Pavetta? I think he's playable against uh, the Mariners. The Mariners are a pretty poor hitting team. Uh, so, I mean, the strikeouts are there. But, I mean, Pavetta uh, historically is a pretty high variance pitcher. I mean, he either pitches really well or sometimes really not well. So, uh I think uh, to get off some of the, the chalk builds, like when I said before, playing two cheap pitchers, I think Pavetta is one of them. Yeah, you mentioned the high variance. Um, my biggest concern with Pavetta, and I, again, I don't know why Boston signed him. He's a massive fly ball guy that gives up a ton of hard contact. Um, so if the ball is staying in the field, he can pitch well. 
if it's not, he's probably going to get rocked. So um, he's only allowed one home run through his first three starts. I think that's a positive to kind of look at here. Um, I think the upside is there. And again, like it's a five game slate and you know, you got to take some shots here on the other side. We have Justin Dunn, um, 68 pitches in five innings last time out through 93 pitches in his first start. I don't really expect him to throw too deep here. Do you have any interest in Justin Dunn? No, he's the worst pitcher on the entire slate. Yeah, like... (laughs) Look at his walk rate. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, 10 walks and two starts um, over a walk per inning to start the season. That's obviously not what you want to do, especially against a team like Boston. Like, yeah... JD, Kiki, and Devers strike out a bunch, but they have high walk rates too. And if does if Justin Dunn's not pitching well, this team will just take bases and then you're in trouble because there's a ton of power in this lineup. So I'm out on Justin Dunn. Um, let's talk Seattle stack or team first. Do you have any interest here in Seattle? Kyle Lewis, 3,100. Evan White, 3,000. Or Marmaleos, Trammels, 3,400. The catchers are... 2600 3300 i mean hanniger is the most expensive player in the lineup he's 4100 so uh welcome to the vomit stack of the day i mean if they're playing in fenway against pavetta a fly ball pitcher it's right now the weather is projected to be 41 degrees but 16 mile an hour winds blowing out to right field uh if if i'm i'm just afraid that that like Seattle stacks go well with Bueller. So maybe they end up getting more owned than they should be. But I mean, a high variant spot against Pavetta. I mean, I think to me, this is the high variant spot in the entire day. Either Pavetta does really well and Seattle stacks fail or Pavetta doesn't do well. And we don't care about the Red Sox bullpen because they're horrible. Uh, and Seattle does great. So to me, I'm on, I'm on both sides. If I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to be making a bunch of lineups on, on on both sites, I I will I will have Pavetta lineups and I and I will have Mariners lineups. I think if you're playing Bueller, Seattle is a way to get different um, because I think you'll see a lot of people go Bueller Pavetta potentially. Um, we'll see, but I think Kyle Seager is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Um, you know, I already mentioned Pavetta is a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact, a lot of fly balls. Kyle Seager's been hitting the ball hard. Um, it just hasn't been falling. So, yeah, he's been striking out a little bit here recently, but that's fine. Um, I really like him. You know, you mentioned all the cheap guys. You can really make the stack work with guys like Marmoleos and Kyle Lewis. So, yeah, I'm with you on Seattle. Um, I might make two lineups now. Maybe I'll just play a three-inch max. Now you've talked me into playing more teams. I appreciate it. Um, Eventually we'll get you to 20 max. Nope. Nope. I don't listen. Dad life does not allow 20 entries anymore. Oh, like, you press the button on line of HQ. You're good. Nope. I remember when I used to play 150 and like, nope, there's just like, nope, especially on Thursdays, man. My daughter has golf on Thursdays. Like no chance. Um, Boston side, like Boston's a great stack, but they're so expensive. It is so hard to stack the Red Sox here. I love what DraftKings did. Like it, you, are really going to struggle to make J.D. Devers Bogarts teams because they're so expensive. And if you make those teams, you can't play. You pretty much can't play Walker Bueller. So this is what I'm talking about. If you're not playing Bueller, I think the Red Sox go under owned for their run total because you're going to have to take two pitchers that you're not all that thrilled with. 
And if you're going to play the Red Sox, why not play Pavetta in that lineup? Because if the Red Sox do well, Pavetta probably gets the win in that case. Maybe I don't know. It could, it could be a it could be a 14 to 10 game. You never know. Uh, so yeah, I the the Red Sox are expensive. Are should they be this expensive? Probably not. They're probably maybe about five percent too expensive. But if that's going to keep their ownership down and it allows me to build a non-Bueller lineup that's going to be different, like I don't I don't mind taking taking shots on this. And even if you have to play like a four or five man with a Franchi Cordero or a Renfro at the bottom of the order, I think you don't you don't have to play JD Xander and Devers. I mean Vasquez is fifty one hundred. I I think you only need to play two of them in your lineup. I mean if you could play all three, I just don't know where else you're going to get the the money from. Or who else are you going to put in your lineup? But I I don't think it's a priority that if you're going to stack the Red Sox, you have to do like the three, four, five and spend all that money. Uh, Mets and Cubs, no total in this game because, you know, Chicago, and we never know what the wind's going to do the night before. I, I, got, I got a total. You, you did see a total. I do see a total. I don't know if it's going to stay. Uh, we have, uh, it looks like nine and a half. And it's uh, 5.1 implied runs for the Mets, 4.5 implied runs for the Cubs. And based on the pitchers, which aren't all that great, but not bad, uh, 53-degree weather, but 8-mile-an-hour winds blowing out to right field. Current projection, who knows, the forecast. So I'm assuming these totals are slightly – I wouldn't think that the Mets should be a 5.1 implied run total against Williams. So I'm assuming that this is due a little bit to the wind. All right. Um, I had looked like 15 minutes ago. So there you go. Um, the Mets, they are a 128 favorite. It's Luke AC um, against Trevor Williams. Let's start here with Luke AC. I come on the podcast yesterday. I dogged the Cubs and they show up. Um, maybe I just need to keep talking smack about these teams um, and they'll show up. But here's the thing. I think that... You have to somewhat like the Cubs here if the wind's going to be blowing out a little bit because they're a nice pivot potentially off of the Red Sox, but I'm still concerned about the strikeouts and all that stuff. But Luke KC is not a guy that's typically going to throw it by all these righties. So, you know, he'll probably strike out 10 and the Cubs will fail, but I, I like the Cubs a lot here. So I'm not playing Luke KC. Is, is, is Luke KC, do we have issues with the pitch count? Um, I, mean- I know he was battling back from injury. Um, I know he only threw 55 in his first start, so we'll kind of have to see. Um, I don't know. Like, it's weird, but it was it was more of the schedule stuff. So I don't know with the schedule the Mets were on and stuff like that. Um, so we'll see if he's going to pitch a little bit deeper here. Yeah, but I still don't see 100. I think 80? I, mean, I think 6, that 500, is. But, I mean, once you tell that – if you set a cap on him at 80 pitches, doesn't really all rate, rate out that well in a game that – you know, if it's going to be wind and Wrigley Field, I mean, I really, I'm not interested in the pitchers. Um, yeah, I'm not really interested in Luke Casey anyway. And then Trevor Williams on the other side of this game, he's just not a, not a big strikeout guy. Uh, do you have any interest in Trevor Williams? Not at 8,500. If he was cheaper, maybe, but not against the Mets who have a 5.1 implied run total. Yeah. Um. I, I think this is a spot you kind of stay away. Not a big strikeout guy, potential some wind, and he gives up a, a lot of hard contact. Um, let's talk Mets bats first. Uh, what's standing out to you here for New York? 
Welcome to chalk. The the more that the wind picks up, it's it in the forecast. This is this is going to be the be- this is going to be what's paired with Bueller. Nimmo thirty seven hundred. You got uh, Conforto thirty five hundred. McNeil forty two hundred. I'm just looking at the the lefties. Smith forty six hundred. Lindor at shortstop. He fills that spot for forty seven hundred. You could you could fit a Mets stack and Bueller, and and get a decent enough lineup. So uh, and you have to know that uh, you know our plate IQ projections or the bat Cardi's projections you know take into account the weather uh based on the totals on the slate it, i mean they're the they're on par with uh, the red sox and uh that weather is going to be baked into the projections so you, you have to figure that the bats in this game are going to get a, a bit a bit of a boost so even, even if even if you you don't believe in the wind the projections do um, yeah, I think this is a, a spot. If Nimmo is out of this game, it'd be really interesting um, to see who bats towards the top of the order, because if it's going to be McNeil again, um, it just makes the stack even easier to kind of work through here. Um, so really like Lindor, especially on Yahoo. He's still, I'm sure he's still really cheap. They're usually really slow at pricing people up and he's been almost minimum salary the last few days. Um, and then Dom Smith, Conforto is going to get it going eventually. Um, he's too good of a hitter not to get it going. So I'm going to keep playing him and I'll keep donating to the Conforto fund. Um, he's just too cheap. Let's talk Cubs. Um, they struggle, you know, strikeout wise against lefties, but there's plenty of power in this lineup. What do you think about the Cubs here? Yeah, they're reasonably priced. I mean, they may have Contreras leading off and he's a catcher 4,600. I mean, Bryant's 45, Baez 46. Then you get to the bottom of the order. Like if you, if you want to play uh, against the lefty, you play Marisnik at 2,700. Like if you don't want to play Peterson or Hayward because of the lefty-lefty, I don't know how long Lucchese is going to be in the game anyway. So if, if the lefties are in, I'm not uh, – Peterson's 3,200. Hayward's 3,400. It's not like you're breaking the bank on them. And obviously the lefty-lefty matchup typically keeps people away. So the ownership may be even – down on that so if i'm stacking the cubs i don't mind putting in the lefty bats yeah um if you're not expecting him to go deep in the game anyway then who cares if it's a lefty or righty like stacking putting rizzo in your stack makes your cubs stack different just because it's lefty lefty and there's plenty of first basements that are in good spots today so um yeah i think the cubs are definitely in play here uh, moving on, we got the Angels and the Astros. Nine total in this one. Astros are one twenty-five favorites. Um, Alex Cobb going up against Christian Javier. Um, let's start here with Alex Cobb. I think this is another guy that's probably gonna get pretty decent ownership on this slate, considering price and you know what has he done for you lately. Really think so at seventy-seven hundred? Yeah, I'd like. People are going to look at like his last couple starts and be like, all right, well, who else am I going to play in this range? Well, I'm not playing Weathers against the Dodgers. The only other guy that I think people will play on this slate is Aaron we, Sanchez. Yeah, that's what I, I will get to. Yeah. Him. That's what I think. The The Astros are, are healthy now. I mean, other than Altuve, I mean, they, they're, they're probably in the Alvarez back in the starting lineup. I mean, then you got Brantley, Bregman, Correa, Tucker, Guriel. I mean, like these are, these are professional hitters. So like, like if it was the Astros from you know everyone's on the COVID protocol list, sure, okay, then we can talk about it. But if you're telling me that Alex Cobb is going to be 25 plus percent owned, like I have no problem just clicking the X button on that. 
Yeah. Um, listen, I, I, I don't want to play Alex Cobb, and I definitely don't want to play him um, against the Astros. Like, you just look at the Astros, and they just don't strike out a lot um, just in general, and they're a team that walks a lot. So it's really hard to play a guy like Alex Cobb, who is a below-average strikeout pitcher that gives up a ton of hard contact. So um, – I am more likely to stack against Alex Cobb if he's popular than play him here. Um, Javier on the other side of this game, you know, the angels, obviously uh, they're a good team. What are your thoughts here when it comes to Javier? I mean, 9,600 really. <laughs> are you going to do that with Javier? I, I mean, he's not going to be owned at that price, but I mean, he can, I guess, but I don't see a need. I don't see why he's, why he's 2000 more than half the pitchers on this slate. So, you know, he has a he probably has a decent floor, but do you really want to? I mean, the Angels could strike out outside of, you know, Trout or something. There are strikeouts in that lineup, but it just seems like a hefty, like, why am I paying 9,600 for maybe 18 to 20 points as a, as a you know, like normal kind of a decent start? So it's, it's not like I have anything against Javier. It's just that I, I just, I just think they overpriced him by at least 1,500. I also think like Javier is a guy that you got to kind of play platoon splits. If they throw out a very right-handed heavy lineup in this one, and like for some reason, like Shebler and Walsh and um, Otani, like any, like if maybe they only have like two lefties in there, like this is a dude with a 31% K rate against righties and a negative 4.8 hard to soft contact ratio against righties. So if they go right-handed heavy, I think you pay 9,600 for him and take a shot uh, just to get off of Walker Bueller. But if they have four, five, six lefties in there, he, he stinks against lefties. It, he's just a complete opposite pitcher. Um, so gives up a ton of hard contact, a ton of fly balls, and just doesn't create any soft contact. And you see that a lot when guys rely on sliders as much as, you know, as, as Javier does. Like he throws it 35% to righty. So I think that it's all going to depend on what lineup you see because i would be shocked if he's over 10 percent owned with bueller just 400 more so if you get a very right-handed heavy angels lineups and you want to be different on like one of your boston or even the cubs Mets stacks i think javier is interesting but it really is going to depend if they throw out a lot of righties or not so um let's talk angels bats anything standing out to you here for the angels well, just like you said, the lefties. So Otani, Walsh, they've Shevler. Shevler's still like two thousand dollars on on DraftKings. So like that, that's uh, on the road. So you get the ninth inning at bats. So it doesn't matter if he's batting sixth or seventh. So like, like yeah, Otani's fifty one hundred. Uh, Walsh is forty seven hundred. I mean, they're 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 efficiently priced. Trout's always playable. Doesn't matter. Fifty eight hundred. I'm not sure about the stack. But uh, but the, the the lefties are definitely playable. I don't I don't I don't see the Angels. They'll get ownership, but not not this won't be like super owned Otani, super owned Trout type of type of slate. Yeah, like it's actually I think it's a really interesting stack if you just kind of skip Fletcher because he doesn't have upside um, and go Otani, Trout, Walsh, Upton, Shebler. Like you're saving some money there with guys like Shebler. And I don't think the stack will be popular. Um, well, the problem with that stack, Stevie, that I, I you run into because I played it in the early slate. 
is that like look look at look at that two three four three five. outfielders right it's three outfielders and two first basemen so like the only oh, way you to can't play even all- do that yeah well i mean you can it's just that you fill all your outfield spots which well, i mean which is do still it. five, it's a five game slate you could do it i'm just like you- i it, it makes the angels a little bit rigid like pool holes like how do you fit him in you can't he's first base also well you couldn't do it right because otani and walsh are both first base outfield and upton shebler and trout are all outfielders so you couldn't even five man stack it if you wanted to right those five right of course and then pool holes is there and you can't put him in right so you have to play fletcher at that point or suzuki don't play play suzuki don't play fletcher god like five points a night no no he's not i'm very confident very confident for the morning grind game maybe there you go um easy win Let's talk Houston bats here. Um, you know, they're expensive. You know, you kind of look at it and they're one of the most expensive, like five man stacks on the slate. What are your thoughts here with Houston? I like your idea that you said before. If Cobb's going to be owned, that means I'm more inclined to play the Astros. Cobb's like middle of the road. If he ends up being like 14% owned, eh, you could put, you could play the Astros. If Stroll leads off at 2,500, it makes the, the stack cheaper at least. But like to me, I I think the Astros are efficiently priced. I'll think I think they'll be efficiently owned. They won't be low owned, but they won't be high owned. But the more and more the more and more ownership comes on Cobb, the more the more likely I'm playing Astros stacks. Yeah, um, I, like I, I have nothing else to add to that. That's kind of what I was talking about. Like if Cobb's going to be popular, I'll stack Houston. Like. And then I'll play Bueller because if if Cobb's going to be popular, people aren't going to be stacking Houston. So, man, now I definitely want to play three teams. This slate's interesting. I like max, this slate. Man, you got to play twenty. Nope, I'll play three. Um, and I'll hand build all three of them and lose to Optimals. Um, Miami at San Francisco, eight total in this one. San Francisco, a one forty-five favorite. Um, who's pitching for miami i forgot already daniel, daniel castano castano and um sanchez throwing for san francisco let's start here with castano um he's a lefty and already faced this team once a season through five innings allowed one earned run zero strikeouts because he doesn't strike people out um this is a hard pass for me even with the amount of lefties that are in the giants lineup it could be Lestello, because- belt dickerson and crawford they go very right-handed heavy when a lefty pitches. Like they have, they have Slater, Ruff. Flores. They'll put those guys in. Yeah, Ruff, Flores, Slater, um, Longoria. Like the, the, I bet you Yaz and maybe Belt or Crawford would like. I think they only have two, maybe three lefties in there. Okay, but I, I still don't mind taking a shot on him. Sixty-one hundred pitching in San Francisco. Not horrible. I mean, I'd rather play him at 6,100 than play Alex Chalk, Alex Cobb, or play Justin Dunn for no reason. So, I mean, if I have to get down there, obviously I like the other side of the game more. I'm just more afraid that Aaron Sanchez may be 40% owned on this slate. I would take any other pitcher on this slate than Castellano. Really? Even Dunn? Yep. Yep. Why? Castellano is just not going to strike anybody out. This guy, Ryan he a, Weathers, you're going to take him against. I will Dunn? take Ryan. I will. I will. I will make a jelly bean bet with you that Cassiano is the lowest scoring pitcher on the slate. 
Oh, okay. I'll 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 bet I'll bet a jelly bean. Like that, I'm giving you like really good odds. It's like what nine to one. Um, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving, giving you great giving odds. Way too good odds. Yeah, like that's how confident I am. this guy just doesn't strike anybody out. Like, but maybe he doesn't need to. Maybe give me eight points. I'm fine. It's sixty one hundred. <laughs> Have you like? I, I know we've done a couple shows already this year together, but um, I don't know if you still listen. Like, I am I'm the king of the stack San Francisco everyday club. Well, I'm the king of the stack Marlins every day club. <laughs> Listen, the Marlins have been fantastic this season and nobody likes to play them. So, um, yeah, I, I just all joking aside, like this is a guy that just doesn't strike anybody out. 9% walk rate, 8% strikeout rate, 6.5% to righties. Doesn't do some ground balls um, and limit the damage a little bit with that, but he just, he's not good. His changeup stinks. His fastball's slow. Um, I don't know why he's pitching, but um, he's there. And I think you're going to see more of the bullpen than you're going to see of him here. So let's talk about Aaron Sanchez. Um, there's no way that he's not chalking the slate, right? Right. No, no. He's facing the Marlins. They're playing in San Francisco, which is a known as a pitcher's park, but it's not as much of a pitcher's park as people think it is. They didn't uh, reopen all the like gaps and everything. It's going to play the same as it did last year. Right. But I mean, if you're going to pay down, if you're going to play Bueller in one and in, in SP one, like obviously on draft on FanDuel, like you don't have to worry about it. You could just play Bueller and the, the one pitcher you're done. Uh, Aaron Sanchez is, is not a good pitcher, but he's also not a bad pitcher. He's like, okay, I feel like, what's the worst that could happen type of pitcher. But we've seen Aaron Sanchez walk seven guys in four innings before. I mean, that that's in his history. So I take a look at Aaron Sanchez. I view it the same way as Alex Cobb. As the more and more Sanchez is owned, the more and more I'm adding Marlin stacks to my, to, my, to my hundred set or whatever that I'm doing. But I still have to admit that most likely the, the chalk combo is Bueller-Sanchez. And, that, and that's probably correct. Um, like the thing that sets up really great for Sanchez in this spot is the Marlins don't really have like power lefties. They have a couple lefties in like Chisholm home and Dickerson in their lineup, but this lineup is like full, like Duvall, um, Aguilar, like they're right-handed power bats in this lineup. And Aaron Sanchez, even when he was, bad and struggling has always been very good at limiting right-handed power bats. Um, so I don't know. It makes a lot of sense that you play him in this spot, but I will say like the underlining numbers for him so far this season, all scream massive regression. And it's, it's definitely if he's popular, get you a Marlin stack or two um, because he, you know, we were just talking about like variance when it came uh, to Nick Pavetta. And I think Aaron Sanchez is that guy too. You know, he's another guy that walks a couple guys, give up a bomb and, and like he, a, a start can turn really ugly, really fast. Yeah. I think on the Miami side, I think Corey Dickerson is a one-off three K lefty against Sanchez. I think he'll be popular as a one-off, but I'm not sure about the rest of the stack. But, I mean, they're cheap enough. I mean, do I want to pay 4300 for Miguel Rojas? Probably not. That'll lower his ownership. But, you know, the more and more Sanchez is owned, the more 
I want Miami. And if you see Lewis Brinson in the lineup for 2,600, just X him out. He's worthless. I will say Chisholm, um, Chisholm home. He's been really good. He, he just keeps hitting, um, you know, multi-hit games now in three of five um, hits in eight of his last 10 games. Like he's been playing fantastic and, you know, he's second base shortstop. And there's so many times on big slates that we run into those like second base shortstop plays. And it's like, who do I play here? So I think he is, he is a very viable option on this slate. And um, I, I could see myself using him quite a bit. Um, Giant side, you can't play. You got to X out the Giants because uh, Daniel Castano is going to strike out 10 this game, right? No, you, you can. <laughs> uh, like, all right. So you've talked me into playing three teams on the slate now. Um, and I totally blame you when I, when I fail. Um, but really, all joking aside, the Giants make a ton of sense here because they're just they're, – there's nobody going to play the Giants in this spot. And you can play Yaz. He's going to be very low-owned in a lefty-lefty. And, like, you can play Longoria. I dare say you can play the lefty masher. I hope Cardi hears that. Um, and Darren Ruff, especially – because Darren Ruff has a better chance of playing the whole game with um, Brandon Belt kind of banged up right now. So I think this is a great spot. And, like, Brandon Crawford um, was dealing with a little bit of a knee injury so like or a side injury or something. So we could really see a lot of righties not get pinch hit for in this game and get a full game out of some of these platoon guys. I get it. I get it. I mean, because no, one, no one's going to be playing Castano except for me. Uh but the Giants are going to be should be low owned also because they're they're not cheap. I mean that they're, they're a reasonable price stack. There's a lot of the other teams on the slate, so I think they'll be overlooked. But like I'm not a big fan. I know you Castano has doesn't strike anyone out, but I, I typically you want to stack against like high variance guys that like either they strike a ton or they give up a lot of hard contact. Castano is the type of, this is why I want to play him. It's like at 6,100, he goes four innings, gives up two runs, two strikeouts. Like he'll get me eight to 10 points for 6,100. And then I'm able to play expensive stacks and hopefully those games go off for 12 runs. So like, I don't need, I don't need 20 points from him, but I'm, I typically don't like attacking pitchers like him, like those Zach Davies types of pitchers, like, the ground ball contact guys. Cause it seems like, Oh, this guy can't strike anyone out. They're going to be hitting the ball all over the place. Yeah. And then rely on Babbitt. And if you don't get there on Babbitt, all you're doing is watching the giants just ground and ground out fly ball, you know, not, they're not going to get string together walks or whatever. So I'm less inclined uh, to, to, to play the giants against that type of, I mean, that's what I typically do. And if they're going to go over on because of that, then, like I get, I get why you want to play them, but I just, I, I, I don't prioritize them on this slate. I just figured out how to make my Walker Bueller, Aaron Sanchez teams different. Stack the Giants. There we go. That's how I'm gonna do it. That's I how I'm gonna how play. To my, I know how to make my Walker Bueller, Daniel. Play the Castano Marlins. <laughs> different by just playing Daniel Castano. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, we finish it out here with uh, San Diego at LA uh, taking on the Dodgers. It's an eight total. Dodgers are one eighty five favorite um, in this one. We got Weathers against Bueller. Um, any interest here in Ryan Weathers? Apparently, you do. You think he's better than Daniel Castano? He is better than Daniel Castano, even against the Dodgers. 
Do you really want to play any pitcher against the Dodgers? I mean, I'm, I'm much more inclined to play a lefty against the Dodgers than a righty, but I'm not probably playing Weathers here. Well, I would agree with you. I'm not playing Weathers either. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, like, I don't know, man. If he, uh, I don't know. If he's really low-owned, I could see maybe taking a shot on him just to be, uh, like, at the end of the day, if you're going to stack Boston or stack stack one of those Mets teams, you're going to have to probably go two cheap pitchers to fit, especially Boston. So why not make my Boston stack different with like a guy like Ryan Weathers and just hope he gets like 15 points and the Dodgers like hope that he throws like four or five innings and strikes some guys out. And, you know, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. No, it's not out of the realm, but I, I he's not on my list. All right. Welcome Bueller's chalk. So can we just get get into that? Like he's the best pitcher in raw talent on the slate. But you have to admit, going up against this Padres lineup is not is is not easy. So like oh, he and he's not going to throw over a hundred pitches. Like you're you're paying. It's not even about price because there's plenty of value. There's plenty of ways to be different as far as value and all that stuff. The thing is, you're paying 10k for the most chalkiest pitcher on the slate, and it's just a guy that's not going to go deep into the game. Has a has a manager that probably doesn't let him throw more than six innings, even if he is pitching well. And the Padres just beat him up less than a week ago. Well, that's a good reason to start thinking about Padres bats. I mean, I don't think it's the craziest idea to stack the Padres. They're one of the best lineups in baseball and Bueller is going to be chalk. So why not take a shot? And Oh, and as far as like weathers goes, um, Mookie's supposed to start, but man, that could be another little bump to Weathers if Mookie doesn't play. Just saying. Just wanted okay. to throw that. Out You're there. making your case, okay? I, I, it's a little <laughs> bit better now. It's a little bit better. It's not great. All right. Um, what are you doing with Bueller here? Like, you know, I, I think on Fanduel, when we're looking at like a one pitcher site in cash games, you're playing Bueller 100. percent like uh, nobody you'd be, I think you'd be crazy not to play Bueller and cash games on FanDuel, but in tournaments, it, it's the same for DraftKings. I think, I think you want to be underweight. So like you said, you play a hundred teams. He's probably going to be, I, I'd be shocked if he ends up under 50% on the slate, but I could no, be wrong. No, he's going to be under 50%. You think he will be under 50? No, but my attitude on this slate is that I don't think any pitcher on the slate gets more than 20 points on DraftKings. Okay. I, I just I Bueller has the best shot, but I I don't I, I don't think I'm gonna get burned by Bueller getting 32. I think you know he holds around 20. He still gets beat up by the Padres. Maybe he gives up three runs on five hits. Maybe he has seven strikeouts or something. He ends up with with 20, maybe the win, something like that. But he's 10K. I mean, to me, the route to get somewhere between 15 and 20 points, like all the, I mean, any all the pitchers can. To some extent. So if I could pay down, like I, I really think that the contrarian play is to pay down twice a pitcher and pay up for an expensive stack. You get away from the Bueller lineups and you just pray to God that you get, you know, 35 points total at pitcher. And if Bueller puts up 22, it that doesn't matter. As long, as long as you get 35 points out of your, both of your pitcher spots, like what does it matter what Bueller does? Like uh, you just overpaid for some pitcher points. You're paying for safety. 
Bueller's the best raw talent pitcher on the slate, but there are roots for him to fail. There are roots for him to only get 12 points. So to me, to me, I mean, even on FanDuel, to get different and by not playing Bueller, I just, I just don't think Bueller's a slam dunk play on this slate. He just happens to be the best pitcher on a short five-game slate. Yeah, um, I'll say this. If I build three teams tomorrow, which it, it looks like that, I'll probably play Bueller on one. Um, I don't. I, I might even stack the Padres on one. So play, play 20 teams. You could do whatever you want. Yeah, you do whatever Seems you want. Like you want to stack a lot of things. Uh, maybe 20 maxes for you. Nope. Nope. Five nope. maxes. There are five. There's a four max, I think. How about four? You could do four. Three is plenty, man. Oh, you can't Two. even go up to the fourth one? No, too Takes much too time. Much time. That fourth lineup. Yeah, Jeez, too much time. It. All right, let's talk bats in this game. Um, Padres, like, if we see massive ownership on Bueller uh, again, like this lineup is talented, and I'll definitely roll out a Padres stack against Bueller if the, if he's going to be popular. Right, I'm hoping Cronenworth's uh, bats in the middle of the order, thirty four hundred. He occupies the second base or shortstop spot, so I don't mind. I don't even mind that as a one off. But the Padres are expensive. So remember, you're playing Bueller. Again, Grissom is 5,400. Machado is 5,000. But Tatis is only 4,800. And Tatis is arguably the best base, the best player in the majors. Uh, I mean, I, I guess Trout. I mean, he's up there. He's up to Cunha. He's, he's there. I don't want to get into arguments. But uh, typically, you'd think Tatis would be like 5,800, just naturally priced. So people are going to, even at 4,800, I think people are going to be like, I don't know if I can play Tatis against Bueller. So I, I think Tatis's ownership is going to actually be in check, even at that price. And I have no problem piling in on that. I mean, I, I, I could see my non-Bueller lineups having at least one Padre. If, if I'm not going to stack, because maybe Bueller doesn't get blown up. So five-man stacking, maybe that's out of the question. But a three-man, two-man, one-offs, like if he's going to be, if he's going to end up being 60% on DraftKings, especially, we have to play two pitchers, 60, 65%, 70%. That means just the Pirates, the Padres are going to be even less owned. So, you know, playing a Cronenworth Tatis two-man, playing, you know, Will Myers or, you know, just just anyone, like they're probably they're going to be single-digit owned. So I don't mind smattering them in, even if I'm not going to fully stack them. Um, Let's talk Dodgers here. Like, what do we really expect the Dodgers lineup to look like in this game? Um, obviously, they, they said that Mookie is supposed to play, but I don't know. I think this is a team that a lot of people are going to want to try to play. Maybe. Who knows? No, I think um, they'll be under-owned, Stevie. You I think, think so? I, the, the Dodgers I guess looking only at have price. a 4.6 implied run total. People are going to go to the, the Wrigley win with the Mets. They're going to go to the Red Sox. And we're sitting here with like Betts is fifty nine hundred, Seager's fifty six, Turner's fifty five, Smith is forty eight, Muncie's fifty two, Taylor's forty nine. This is a really expensive stack, so you're going to be paying more for the Dodgers than you would be for the Red Sox or the Mets. So I think that just means that the Dodgers come in much lower owned than what you would think against Ryan Weathers. So this is one this. It comes down to the same type of mentality, the two cheap pitchers and the expensive stack that no one else is going to play, especially since you can't play them with Bueller. Yeah. 
no it, it makes a lot of sense um this slate like i think you're right like uh, this is a slate that like we might not see any pitcher go over 20 points and everybody might end up in that like 10 to 15 range and right. like and even if pitching the doesn't high even matter pitcher steve yeah. like the point that i'm making is that like not bueller's gonna get hit or anything but if bueller only puts up 20 and there's four of the pitchers that put up 14 like those extra six points for the extra two or three thousand like are they gonna matter like but if you find that expensive stack that can't have Bueller in it and that team puts up 10 runs, it makes up for those six points. So like, I don't see this as a slate where any, where, where oh, no Bueller, no cash. I, I just, I, I think more likely than not, Bueller is going to be unnecessary for this. Slate. It makes man, Aaron Sanchez is going to be, God, he's going to be popular. He's going to be so popular on the slate. Did you do the total Stevie? One lineup. Okay, your fourth lineup. You do the reverse. <laughs> do the reverse because you're going to do the ultimate leverage stack. The ultimate leverage lineup would be a Miami stack against Sanchez and then three, the five, three, and you do three Dodgers. And then you just have to find two pitchers that aren't Bueller and Sanchez. I think that's the harder thing to do, finding the two pitchers yeah. that aren't Bueller and Sanchez. <laughs> well, I always, I always mess around with lineups as I'm going on the podcast and like, I, right now, I have a Boston-Miami stack. Um, so, there you go. That's what I'm looking at. Figure it out. Um, let's play the morning grind game. We'll give out our super draft play of the day, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Um, under 8,000 at pitcher to get six or more strikeouts. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to be dumb and put, put Castano here. It's not, it's not going to be him. Six is a little too high. Uh, Three is high. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to say Pavetta. Yeah, I think he's he's the option. Um I really want it to be Ryan Weathers, so I'm going to take Ryan Weathers. Um okay. Over 8k to score under 15. Who's your bust up here? Javier. Yeah, I'm going to take Williams. I I think Bueller gets over 15. Like just to be fair. Um, I hope he doesn't. I really do. I really hope he doesn't. Um, over 4K to hit a home run, no cores doesn't matter. Um, who's your favorite bat that you're looking at for a home run here? Over 4K to hit a home run. Hmm. Let's see. Well, you got the you got the Wrigley win, so maybe I should should look at there. Uh. Ooh. Let's see. Fly ball hitter. We'll go with go. We'll go with your boy. Well, no, I need over 4K. Okay, this guy's under five. Doesn't matter. I'll put myself. I'll put myself at a disadvantage by going under 4K, and I'll say Michael Conforto. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Kyle Seager. Don't forget about Kyle Seager on the slate. Just saying, under 4K to get two hits. Under 4K to get two hits. Let's see. Justin Dunn. He works everyone, but there's no one. There's no one under 4K for the Red Sox lineup. Ugh. Under 4K. No, no, no. I know who it is. I got to do it just out of spite. David Fletcher. <laughs> he has no upside, but he can get two hits. Uh, yeah. Um, Give me Austin Slater. Um, Stack to score six or more runs. Who do you got? 
Uh, you got to stack against Justin Dunn. I'm going to go with the Red Sox. I like it. Um, I'm going to take the Padres. And uh, any money line over under? Do you have a blender? What, head what is this? To know? You, look it up. Do they have the strikeout prop on Castano? Oh, I will look that up. I what, highly... What's the Castano props? We got it. We got I player props. This. Usually don't come out until day of. Let's what, what What do you think it's going to be? <laughs> if it's any if it's anything under three, it's the easiest bet. Just take the let's see. So if you if you gave me the over under on two and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to oh, say it, do, it, it does have the, it is currently at two and a half. Oh, it currently is at two and a half. And take the over. I'm betting the over. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. That's um, not, this is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that this is purely out of spite. <laughs> um, <laughs> threw me off. Uh, let's see. Um, you said the Cubs line was nine and a half. Yeah, the the over the the total. Yeah, I I take the over in that game. I think okay. that's a good one to take the over. I like, I would jump on that early too because I think that that line will probably move to ten ten and a half. And if you can get that that nine and a half, I think it's a really good one before you get that ten. So you take away like the potential push and stuff. It's a if it's a, a you know one of those types of games six four or something. So. Um, super draft play of the day. Walker Bueller is not in play on super draft. Um, just kidding. Like it, it's a site that there's multipliers, but he is the lowest multiplier on the slate. So I would definitely potentially be, um, a little bit careful with him, um, over there, but my super draft play of the day, this is kind of off the board, but I'm going to go Slater. I, I kind of talked about him when we were talking about cheap guys. He has a really high 1.55 multiplier over there. Again, I'm going to be looking at the Giants over on Superdraft, just hoping that they show up in this game because their multipliers are fantastic. If you can get a couple home runs uh, from some of these like 1.5 or better multiplier guys, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, kind of what the rest of your lineup does. So, Really like looking at like Ruff and Slater, Flores, uh, Posey. They're all 1.5 or better um, over there. So, again, kind of sets up for a potential Giants um, stack, even on Superdraft. So, uh, Blender, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. As always, you can tune in on YouTube to the Roto Grinders YouTube channel, 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern, um, Monday through Friday for the, for the DFS pregame show. Go over review the previous slates we talk about strategy i show you some tools we hang out so if you have any if you want to learn about the game theory and dfs and ask your questions just uh show up in the morning and or subscribe to the podcast you can get it on itunes if, uh, if you don't want to watch you're not there live just go go to itunes or your favorite podcast player wherever you get them type in roto grinders dfs pregame show and uh, and download it there you go. Make sure you guys are checking that out. DFS pregame show presented by the theory of daily fantasy sports. Blenderhead himself. And uh, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. The slate's interesting. A lot of different ways to go on this one. So um, yeah, hope everyone has a great Thursday. Good luck. And uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow.